Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. gentlemen it's the return of the incredible triple j and have we got a show for you we saw the absolute mind-blowing returns of jinder mahal little jimmy and even team awesome truth but before we get into all of those (laughs) allow me to introduce the team i'm jack farmer being joined by jimmy corderas and justin labar jimmy how is your New Year's resolutions going so far? Are you hanging on? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, I, um, I, can't, I can't promise tomorrow <laughs> that, that none of them will be broken, but we shall see. But uh, so far, you know what? Hey, it's been a fun 2024 so far. Let's keep it going. Uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin it's, been, it's been a minute since we've chatted. It's been a while. Uh, Fun fact, and this is for everyone going into this one, I like to take a little break at the end of the year. I haven't watched any wrestling until today since December 13th. So this was a fun little, it was a nice little break coming in, uh, nice, clean head. I feel like sometimes you got to like cleanse a little bit. And so I did that. You had a wrestling detox. I had a wrestling detox, and now I'm back on the habit. <laughs> uh, how, how, how was your uh, holiday season, and um, how's your New Year's resolutions going? Let's not even get into New Year's resolutions. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> steadfast and forward. I was, that's a, let's just let's go with that. Holiday season was great, relaxing at times. Uh, got to unwind a little bit, but then jumped back into the swing of things this past weekend. We had Sunday morning busted open where we had a lot to talk about coming off of AEW uh, and was looking forward to day one here with you fellas to get back in the Triple J. That you know, we've, we've, I, I, it's, it's, it's been a minute, as you said, it's been three, four weeks now. So, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, boy, do we have one to talk about. We we do have a very good one to talk about. Uh, of course, as we get into the news and everything, I want to give a shout-out to everyone. we got Shano17 with the uh, Ah Yes and Ricky Zaldivar throwing back the Issa Raid up there. Baby Ice, Happy New Year to you as well. Beer Money, Ah Yes, the Triple J has come back to Monday nights. Who are you referencing, by the way? Uh, Ethan Cruz, Ginger will sit at the head of the table, and of course – our very own NYC Demon Diva saying, hey, boys, so good to see all of you guys in the chat. Um, one of my New Year's resolutions is shout out more people in the chat. Or like put up, put up a lot of comments. So if you got questions and stuff, just throw them up there. Let's, let's have a little conversation to start. I don't have a news story to read here. I saw it on Twitter, so you know it's reliable. But there's a rumor going around that uh, Mercedes Monet is in chats with AEW. And people believe that 
she's it's eminent that she's going to be there. Jimmy, I saw former uh, former boss man of Wrestling Inc. on Twitter saying that would be the biggest signing for AEW since CM Punk. What do you <laughs> think it means for Mercedes Monet if she goes to AEW? It's hard to say because it's it's the way that the women are presented on AEW is the issue here. It's not Mercedes Monet. Yeah, we know how talented she is and she's a great get, but they don't utilize their women talent to their fullest, in my opinion. They, you know, where do you put them? Do you put them on Rampage? Do you give them their own show? The whole question. You got to you got to dedicate more time and more story and get people invested in the women and not saying that Mercedes Monet can't get those people invested. I just don't have confidence in the company, the way they have built their women's division, which had an opportunity to be big already. Yeah, Justin, I, I, I got to agree with Jimmy. I, I always said, I don't care how big of a star you are. You may pop a pop a rating for a day or two, but for to really matter, it's what you continue to do on and on from there. Uh, but what do you make of the Mercedes Monet rumors that we literally pulled off Twitter as we were going <laughs> on the air? Um, I, I do feel like it seems like every month Mercedes is is expected to sign somewhere, you know? Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that it's been the length of time it has, I wonder what that means. I think what it means is that she has a price that she's sticking by, a value of hers that she's sticking by, and it might not be necessarily the easiest number to immediately get uh, pen to paper for for the other side. Uh, we do have something now up at Wrestling Inc. You know, Fightful Select is the one making the report saying that uh, she and AEW are closer than ever to a deal. Um, noting that that's probably where she's going to land. Noting also that she had been in some talks with WWE, but it just seems like the two, you know, just couldn't really come to you know an agreement of, of what that you know that value that dollar amount is. So you know, like like Jimmy was saying, if she gets signed by AEW, that's that is a big deal for their locker room. That's a big deal for their ability to to for their PR and marketing to to utilize properly and to the fullest. Um, you know, I hate to be pessimistic, but we have to look at history here. And they had, I mean, I think AEW had captured so much momentum uh, that September when we had Adam Cole show up and Brian Danielson show up. I mean, it felt like they were really firing at all cylinders as related to you know acquiring the really valuable free agents that had that or you know brian obviously had that organic movement already in wwe with the yes movement and it's kind of still carried over to some degree adam cole has that organic you know that that, that crowd participation to follow and so it really felt but you know them and, and so many others that have been big signees and that are all elite you know it's, it's a big deal for that day for that week but then there's so many other things that are going you know whether it's we don't see them consistently on tv or whether booked improperly it, they, they they tend to lose their luster quicker than they should uh, and or never even get going in the direction they should. So I it would be a big opportunity, a big opportunity to have Mercedes Monet on your roster. Where do you go from that? We'll see. Uh, uh, Cornell Bryant is saying, uh, yeah, Banks will sign with TKO. It's a swerve. And if that is the case, you know, I always say that – I. This is just another good example of why two big wrestling companies are great for the wrestlers and for the people is if there was one brand, you're kind of stuck. That's what the problem with monopolies. But, um, you know, with an AEW, Sasha ba or Mercedes Monet, whatever, whatever name she ends up going by once it's all said and done, she can kind of use one against each other to help get a better value and that's better for the wrestler and so uh, mm -hmm. I, i'm always team wrestler so if they can get more money i i think that even if this is just a play to get more money 
good for her. WWE's fine. TKO is fine. They'll make their money. Uh, I, I want the wrestlers to get their money. So uh, Mercedes, whatever you do, uh, I, I hope you sign a deal that you are very happy with uh, is where I will, will put it there. Um, we, uh, we also got uh, Peter P with a prediction. Uh, I'll get a real quick thoughts on, for you guys. Uh, Andrade will be the on NXT tomorrow, replacing Dragon Lee in the match. Uh, that was who I thought was going to be tonight, but it was Jinder Mahal. Uh, <laughs> any uh, Jimmy, any any predictions there? Do you think he'll be on NXT tomorrow? Uh, that, you know, it's hard to say. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. And if it is, great, because it makes the brand look uh, that much more inviting, so to speak. And uh, I know it has that that stigma of being the developmental territory before you make it to the main roster, so to speak, but having an Andrade come back and having others like uh, Baron Corbin going there, for example, and, and trying to help bolster things. Uh, what they do is they're giving back and they're elevating other talent. And if you want someone to elevate other talent, Andrade's a guy who can do it. Yeah. And uh, Justin, I know that um, I don't know how much everyone gets paid there or whatnot, but um they got to be something if you're at NXT, you don't have to travel quite as much. I'm sure that's a pretty nice uh, a nice incentive for someone like Andrade who's been on the road for so long. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I believe he and Charlotte, they live in, in Florida, I believe. So, yeah, that, that that's a, a attractive point. Look, if uh, it, that's certainly possible. Obviously, Andrade had his best run under the WWE umbrella in NXT. Um, and we've seen, as, you know, as Jimmy mentioned, Baron Corbin, and we've seen many others, you know, they have took raw and smackdown caliber stars and had some crossover lately so i could see andrade I, I could see andrade especially if it was hey do a little stint in nxt not because you need it but not because you need developmental but because it would help the brand and because you know we have a spot for you and then you know night after mania when things reset he pops up and is a new assignee to a raw or smackdown i think that would be ideal if depending on you know like look if his contract really did just expire hours ago with aew then I could see Triple H and Shawn Michaels wanting to be opportunistic to say, look, we got CM Punk. We got so much stuff going on in Raw or SmackDown. Oh, by the way, this guy from Hollywood's going to make a, make a drop-in appearance. We have so much stuff going on in Raw or SmackDown right now. It would be, you know, talk about, the, we just saw, talk about Mercedes Monet. It'd be an opportunity that we'd be squandering at the wrong time. We wouldn't be able to give you the, the, the right kind of shine, the right kind of situation right now as we're weeks away from the Rumble and this and that. Do some stuff on NXT. It will bolster the brand, have some fun, help some of the younger talent there. He, I mean, Andrade's a third generation star. I mean, people forget that. And then we'll have you as part of our, of our plans, like I said, once we flip the uh, WWE calendar, which happens right after Mania. So I think an NXT run just for this next few months could be just the thing, just to capitalize on hey, he was just on AEW TV a few days ago. Let's have people immediately see him now on our TV. Yeah, to put a button on it, I will say too, uh, as far as the established stars going to NXT, for them, I feel like it's less of going to developmental and more like a big Hollywood movie star doing an independent film, you know, because they love it because a project they like. I, I feel like it's more like that than it is once someone is a like a, a like a Baron Corbin going to NXT. Now, obviously, when you're new and you're starting there, it's it's a developmental thing. But, you know, when, when we see Becky Lynch going there, it feels more like the star doing the independent movie than it does her going to developmental uh I like that. Yeah. Or, or even, yeah, I like that. Or even, you know, if somebody has been a star and this has happened, somebody has been a, a star in a box office, best picture in Hollywood. Sometimes 
they like to go in front of the smaller crowd and go do Broadway every night because there's something mm-hmm. about their craft that they like. You know, it's a more intimate, you know, re- reward, and there's different things and different uh, creative freedoms, different ways you do things on Broadway versus a, a Hollywood film. So yeah, I, I kind of think that's a fair thing. If you're mm-hmm. somebody like a Baron Corbin who's worked WrestleMania matches and worked, uh, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, there's, there's something different to. Uh, and like you said earlier, Jack, you know, you work, you work, you do a Hollywood movie, you might be traveling all around to all the different sets and locations. Broadway, you get your residency in New York, and you're there. You know, NXT, you get your residency in Florida, you know, you're there. Yep. Um, so we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say to to Jack Roman about Wrestling Inc. on Facebook. Um, Justin, it, did you have some information on that? Yeah, actually, I do. Wrestling Inc. still on Facebook. It's still posting stories and such. Uh, the this stream right now is not on Wrestling Inc.'s Facebook because there was a technical thing that needs to be fixed. Uh, I alerted the. Mm-hmm people above us and they are going to set to work on it uh, hopefully by tomorrow our wrestling ink overlords are on top of it as we speak um i want to say i do have some comments from my email um about drew i'm going to save that for the the drew match uh, my email which is we'll talk about it but you're gonna have to be patient with us uh and ty williams you have a comment that i want to save for the um the 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 rock moment uh because it's about that so we'll get to those just so you guys know uh, Nick Khan, by the way, uh, sent a memo to WWE employees after Kevin Dunn's departure. Fightful Select reported that a memo was sent out uh, from Nick Khan to the WWE employees, uh, Nick Khan, WWE president, for anyone who doesn't know, confirming that Kevin Dunn has left. Uh, Khan had nothing but praise for Dunn, effectively calling him the right-hand man of Vince McMahon as McMahon built WWE into what Khan called a, quote, global sports entertainment juggernaut. Khan gave his opinion that no other product's production comes close to the look and feel of WWE, something he credited to both Dunn and his production team. He also stated that WWE would forever be grateful to Dunn and that he'd always be a member of WWE's family. Uh, Jimmy, what was your experience working with Kevin Dunn? And um, just thoughts on a very nice email going out to everybody. It's a nice email and, and, you know, a great praise uh, for, for someone who does an incredible job. And yes, I did get to work uh, under Kevin Dunn uh, a lot, but I, you know, like he spent most of his time in the truck. So uh, when I did get to interact with him, it was usually very brief. He was very like, Hey, how are you? You know, Mm -hmm. and if there was anything he ever needed from you, he would, you know, you'd have to go to the truck to talk to him, obviously, because he was busy. That was kind of like his office, so to speak. But a lot of you, what you see from WWE to this day from all those years is Kevin Dunn and his thought process and how he worked. And he had a great team behind him, you know, uh, you know, including all the cameramen working at ringside. They worked as a unit. Mm-hmm. They worked together. And, you know, uh, he could be trying at times because, you know, he did want things done his way, so to speak. But at the same time, there's no denying he was a huge and instrumental part of developing WWE into the global juggernaut on television that they became. And, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, he, he deserves a lot of the praise for that. Yeah. Justin, Kevin Dunn is one of those people that I feel like unless you're someone who's more in the know, you've probably never heard of before, but his fingerprints are all over everything. At least Americans know of it with pro wrestling. Uh, probably one of the more influential people in pro wrestling when you think about it. Um, shocking he's gone uh, and he left, but I mean, he's, he was there for over 40 years. So hopefully he gets a chance to take a break. 
Yeah, I mean, it's shocking just because you're right. He has been there for so long, and he's been there for so long without without absence, without a hiatus. You know, there's a lot of people that have been there. Not a lot, but there's a handful of people that we, you know, refer to as Vince's right-hand man, right-hand men over the time. Bruce Pritchard, and Bruce was, you know, Bruce came on in the late 80s, but Bruce even left uh, there and was gone for like a decade or so until he came back a few years ago. Uh, you know, Pat Patterson, on or off at times, with creative especially, um, you know, t- head of talent relations, no matter who it might be at a time, J.J. Dillon, Jim Ross. John Laurinaitis, Mark Carano, you know, so Vince had a lot of like people close by, but Kevin truly is in terms of, you know, Vince is all about, Vince is all about visual. He's the one who took this from the wrestling and made it into the global entertainment visual spectacle. And he had any, and, and Vince can have the idea, but he needed somebody who can actually push the button, somebody who can actually instruct and use television lingo to articulate and make happen. And that was Kevin Dunn. He needed Kevin to help fulfill that vision that he had. And Kevin never took, uh, as far as I know, Jimmy can correct me if I'm wrong, but he never took any major hiatus other than maybe a, a few brief vacations because you don't get much vacation working under Vince. So it's, 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 it's pretty insane because wrestling fans have a lot of opinion about Kevin, things they've heard about Kevin. And it's crazy because the guy, his no, name is so well known to hardcore wrestling fans. But the only time I can ever even recall him ever being on WWE television was, I think, the original Tough Enough. He was a judge when they were on MTV. Otherwise, he's a name that kind of is the wizard behind the curtain uh, who gets praise or blame for different things. So it is a big deal that he's gone. It's not so much surprising. I mean, because they right, take your chips home, retire. Uh, but I think certainly there's probably a little bit more to this, given the fact that the company has been reshaped corporately. I'm sure that there's been some that's some factor to it, uh, whether on their part of saying we're ready to move on or whether on his part saying times are changing i'm ready to move on no matter what but, though it's, it's a big story and the machine rolls on yeah like you said sorry to sorry to jump in here but it, th- that makes sense it maybe accelerated the retirement process a little bit let's put it that way yeah i, I would imagine and this is just me speculating but it's almost like any football team when you get a new uh coach they want their own players um probably s- something similar to that uh happening but um yeah it was I, I mean, the production of WWE is incredible. Like it's really is on another level. And so I think he's got, he gets to claim a lot of, um, a lot of the credit for that. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this. I don't know how much he would have done on this episode anyways or whatever, but, and I probably only noticed this because I noticed this story. I probably wouldn't notice otherwise. It did feel like there were a few production things that happened on this episode. Like uh, they went to, they went to picture in picture before queuing going to picture in picture one time. And, uh, the mics at the beginning sounded a little weird when the broadcast team was on. I, again, I probably wouldn't even noticed if I didn't didn't like hear the story, but because well, I did, what? I was like, hmm. Well, you know what? Be- because I don't know how in the weeds we will get with some of these little items, I'll just kind of real quick rant, run off a few things that I know is visually different tonight. The start of the show with Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, uh, you know, they, they would do that sometimes sitting at the commentary desk running through, here's what we have for you tonight, but doing it for the live audience to hear, doing it standing up, that was a different presentation of something there. Mm-hmm. The video package showing the live event, the house shows, the non-TV house shows, you know, rarely does WWE make a point to show footage from those house shows unless maybe an unusual, a rare title change happened or, uh, God forbid, a non-kayfabe injury. But they made a kind of a packaged point, a a nice marketing package to say, hey, look, here was this great holiday tour of shows that we just did and showing the plane going all across the country for the red and blue brand. So I thought that was something that was different. And also there was an exchange uh, between uh, Carter and Chance, our new women's tag champs, and uh, Chelsea and Piper, an exchange that just slightly advanced their storyline, but it was being done in a club setting because that's Carter and Chance's kind of gimmick. And I, I think that's something more often than not in the past would have been an exchange that we would have got 
via the backstage interview going, my guess at this time, bringing in one team and the other team interrupts them. But this was done, again, it kind of helps shape the identity of this new tag team's gimmick. So I don't know, just and whether or not they're tied to Dunn or not, but they were different visual things that I saw WWE attempting tonight. I will say those house show things, like because they were in L.A. and I wasn't able to go, unfortunately, to the show. And usually when a house show's in town, you can't make it. You're like, that's oh, a bummer. But then I saw the video. I was like, oh, I got I to gotta make sure I go to the house shows next time they're in town. That looked like so much fun. Uh, so I thought that was just a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were here recently in Toronto. And unfortunately, it was on a day I couldn't, you know, pop in and at least to go see people that are still there that I still <laughs> yeah. you know got to work with and still friends with and still keep in contact with but uh yeah no it's it, it, I, there were little things again we talk about the little things a lot I, at least i do anyway mm -hmm. uh, little things in the production and pr presentation of the production uh, i thought you know without getting too much into exactly when and where where placement of video packages were in relation to introductions to the ring and you know before you know the match starts uh i can get more into it but we'll talk about yeah. that as we go along <laughs> um one last quick news item uh former elias uh well i call him ezekiel but yeah some people call him elias uh he went to x to rebrand himself and let us know the name he's going by now elijah elijah is a you know, here on the show, we're all big fans of Elijah on this show. So I hope he finds a good landing spot. Justin, I know you are firmly on Team Elijah. How did you feel about the re-debut of Elijah? It's a cool video he had produced, uh, the show The Death of Elias and The Birth of Elijah. Uh, good on him. He's going to get a chance to get back out on the scene kind of under his own control and, and, and do what he wants to do. Uh, cheap plug. Uh, I, 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 he the, the man trained here in Pittsburgh, he trained at our IWC wrestling, uh, pro wrestling uh, school, the same school Britt Baker trained at, Wardlow, Joaquin Wild, um, you know, it's, it's had a great list of names. And so he's coming back. He's coming back home. Uh, and he will be uh, here in Pittsburgh at an IWC wrestling show on February 24th. So if you want a chance to do a meet and greet, get a picture, talk to him, see him in action probably, uh, I would suggest get to Pittsburgh on February 24th. You know, what's interesting is these this group that was released from WWE, a lot of people were expecting them to immediately show up in AEW, but most of them, at least so far, that have kind of come out, have not only kind of taken to the indies, but have like self-created a lot of really cool video packages and really branded themselves. And I don't know, I, I, maybe I should, I don't know if I should do this, but I'm going to give like, I guess a Matt Cardona credit for like going out and really rebranding himself and sort of making his own lane. And I feel like he showed a lot of people that, yeah, you can actually make really cool stuff and really rebrand yourself. I think it's cool that these guys are doing it. Yeah. And uh, you got to give credit. Like you talked about, we talk about production values here. The production of that video, that two minute long or two, two slightly over two minute video that, that the former Elias show, you know, showed on X slash Twitter. Uh, man, it looked good. The fun, the thing I found interesting though, there was footage in the video that was WWE based. And usually they would not very uh, fond of people using their, um, their videos, their 
their packages in someone presenting. So I don't know if there's going to be an issue with that and it forces it to take down. But again, going back to the production value of it, it looked really good. It looked almost like someone produced it. I don't want to say that he doesn't have the brains to do it or the, the know-how or the technology, but it looks like it was produced by a third party. Let's put it that way. It, yeah, it's really his and um, uh, Ali's video was very cool as well. Someone in the chat had it and I highlighted it, I think, and then I lost it. So I, I apologize. But um, uh, yeah, Jeff Bailey, by the way, I want to shout out, says, as Justin tweeted earlier, WWE is on fire right now. And I think I don't know how you argue that. <laughs> like, I don't know how I don't know how you could argue that it's it's not doing incredible right now. Um, let's get into the show. But as always, remember, like, comment, share, subscribe. It's a new year, so it's important to get a few of those five-star reviews up, the comments up. If you have questions or concerns, I'm going to try to be hopping into the comment sections, even on YouTube. I know it's a dangerous and perilous place, but I'm going to try to get in there and uh, comment with you guys. Um, Ricky Zaldivar said it was he with the Ali comment. I'll give you credit. Um, he's going to be over at Defy Wrestling, one of my uh, my favorite spots uh, coming up on February 9th. Free plug, Defy. Look at you. Um, so uh, uh, make sure to check that out. But also make sure to like our show. Share it. Get on that. It's, again, New Year, so all this SEO stuff sort of resets. I don't know how it all works, but share it. Uh, we start the show, uh, and we'll touch briefly on it because we already kind of glossed over it. But, uh, uh, Jimmy, I want your thoughts. The broadcast team in the ring to start the show, I personally love this because I feel like if you're in the crowd, it, 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 people can pump you up. And I thought they did a great job of pumping up the crowd with the rundown of the card. No, they absolutely did. And it was a different look. It was unique, uh, at least for tonight anyways. Whether they continue to do it this way or find other unique ways to open the show and start the show, whether you do it with the guys in the ring like you did tonight or whether they're seated, seated at the table, standing ringside, whatever the case may be, on the stage uh, or the entryway, wherever the case may be, or just go, you know, as soon as the, the opening credits go, you boom, you start with a match. Here we go. We're going to kick things off. Just don't do it every week because uh, if you do it every week, then it becomes, okay, here we go again. Run down the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's actually Justin. I know you talked about it a little bit, but just quickly to brush over it, these the um, it is funny. Like as Jimmy said, in the ring, in front of the ring, I mean, at the table, I feel like just moving these guys, doing the same thing, but moving them. I go, oh, this is different and new, and it feels like the same thing, but it's fresh. Yeah, do try any of that. I mean, I used to love it back in the nineties when we'd open up. Uh... They did a lot of pay-per-views, but sometimes they do it with Raw. We'd have Vince and whoever on commentary standing ringside. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, I, I would try different things. You know, whether it's up the, at the entrance ramp, if, if Cole and Barrett can do a little walk and talk as they're walking maybe just partially around the ring to get to the broadcast de- do the desk. I mean, just just things that, uh, you know, like Jimmy said, when, when the live crowd there can hear it, you know, they that, that can pump you up versus them just having to see the video graphic change on the, on the video screen. Uh, just little things, just a way just to, just to set the tone, just to, something to – different differentiate each episode uh so we get into the the real meat and potatoes of the show as i like to say uh nia jacks versus becky lynch it's their first match ever which shocks me but uh it all started five years ago at the face breaker moment becky tries to stick with power and brawling but it doesn't really work out nia jacks tries to punch becky in the nose and hits the ring post Eventually, after some really good reversals and some crazy near falls, Nia Jax hits a big shot to the face to Becky Lynch, hits the Annihilator, and gets a pretty clean win here. I was 
I was flabbergasted by this, to be totally honest. Um, Justin, I want your thoughts on this match, everything about it. But also, I feel like it's easy to predict Nia Jax now, but Becky Lynch, what's what's next for her? Well, I think she's got more business to f- still finish now with Nia Jax. I don't think the man's just going to roll over and, and just accept that to be the final chapter. Uh, no, you ran through a lot of the highlights of the match, and it was a great story that was being told. They had a lot, Obviously, they had a lot of different things to play off of here, of the history. And you know, as you mentioned, Becky trying to be a power game, trying to do the power game with Nia. Um, and then, yeah, finally, Nia, you know, Becky jumps off the ropes and Nia just lands that vicious looking uppercut, uh, which then the next time I get a good close up of Becky, she's got blood on her mouth. So uh, I had said this, you know, previous weeks, Jack, again, I can't remember if it was an episode that you were on or not, but I'd said, you know, this given the nature, given the, the real shoot kind of history and feel that they had been laying out with this match, building to this match with um, that these two ladies could be a little more snug than maybe you would normally ask them to be. And as long as all parties are on the same page, as long as all part, no, not, neither party gets seriously injured, you know, that's going to have us all looking a little bit closer going, ooh, is that real? Ooh, is that a receipt? Ooh, was that supposed to happen? And I said, you know, a little bit of blood could go a long way in this match. And I'm glad they did because, you know, obviously if you have blood every week, doesn't matter. But if you have blood in a, in a, in a fight that people are already buying into a little bit more, it goes a long way. And that's what happened tonight. And big win for Naya. Uh, th- there's more business to be had now. Uh, real quick, double back to you, Justin. Early betting, if you had to to bet it all right now, Jax, is she beating Ripley for the title? No. 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 Safe. Safe bet there. Nope. Safe bet there. Uh, but Jimmy, uh, so mm-hmm. I want your thoughts on this one because I was – I've, you know, I'm, I'm historically kind of tough on Becky Lynch sometimes. Sometimes I, I, I grade her hard. She's one of the biggest faces in the company. So I, I, I hold her to a high standard, but I was this whole thing. I was like, this is fantastic. Knocked it out of the park. Absolutely loved it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this? And what are your thoughts on Becky trying to get a match after losing solidly clean? No, I, I thought it was great. I thought it all worked. And like you said, it told a great story. Hard to believe that this is the first singles match that they've had against each other. And I, I like the backstory to it where, you know, that, you know, they showed the promo from a couple of weeks ago, you know, if it wasn't, I made you and, you know, and then Becky coming back with her, her, you know, you went away, you got fired, whatever the case may be, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But the match itself was great because the match told the story, helped forward the story along. And throughout the match, Becky was selling like a champ. And mm-hmm. see what little bit of selling does for a baby face. It gets sympathy from the crowd and it gets the crowd on board wanting to see it more. And trust me, the clean loss, the relatively clean loss tonight to Nia Jax doesn't hurt Becky in the least. That little bit, like you said, Justin, because I was thinking the exact same thing and was going to bring it up. The, you know, you don't see blood often at all in WWE for obvious reasons because the company it doesn't go in that direction. But when you do see it, it makes you go, oh, and that's exactly what it did here. And it helped further the story along. Now you can continue to tell this story for Becky wanting to get retribution against Nia Jax. And, and you can build towards it take your time it doesn't have to be rushed you know go into the royal rumble let it go forward maybe it turns into a huge uh women's main event match at one of the wrestlemania nights you never know yeah this was um 
yeah, I, as as um, you know, MDB nine 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 is shouting out Nia Jax. A plus LA says first blood match next. That's interesting. Uh, perfect use of color in the match uh, by Jeff Bailey says there. Um, you know, and I also love that Becky's going to want a rematch, obviously, and Nia Jax is going to be absolutely unbearable about not giving it to her, as she should. And I think kind of playing off of what Jimmy was just saying here and what you just said, Jack, right now, Nia Jax, she did it. She did the match. She don't got to give no rematch. So I think now looking at what you have upcoming, you figure both women will likely be in the Royal Rumble so they can be so Becky can be a nuisance to Nia Jax in the Rumble, perhaps costing her, eliminating her or what have you. And then, and then what's after that? Elimination Chamber. If both women are in the elimination chamber match. They can be of nuisance to each other trapped inside of that chamber and, and, and all the, all the goodies and gimmicks you have to, to mess around with them there to the point of, you know, Becky just will is relentless on getting her rematch on Naya. And it's, it's just screwing up Naya's road to mania to the point of where their WrestleMania match with each other is a rematch. And perhaps it does have a stipulation or something amplified, but a, what a, what a story that would be here if we don't get a singles rematch between these two until mania, but, but they, but they have this entire build is the next three months just to, you know, poke and prod at each other. I think that, I mean, I, I, to me, I would, I would get excited for that, you know, to, to see those two in a mania singles match that has nothing to do for a title, but if done right, it could mean a whole lot. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I, baby, I say, and Becky deserves it. Jack stay the course. As far as me nitpicking <laughs> Becky Lynch, uh, baby, I is a, uh, he, he likes the bad guys. Uh, but, uh, also MDB says, Jimmy, I've been watching Sunday night heat recently and you're by far my favorite res- referee in those matches. Oh, shout wow. out to Jimmy. Uh, some, some old school, uh, Sunday night heat there. Yes. <laughs> um, so we move on to Cody Rhodes who comes out and he says that he's stuck on Shinsuke and this whole thing should be over. He offers to end it tonight, but Shinsuke says, nah, can't tonight. We'll do it next week. Uh, Jimmy. There was a very, I think it, I want to know your thoughts. I thought this was very dangerous of Cody Rhodes to say this should be over because it kind of feels like even the audience feels like it should be over. Do you think that's a good thing or do you think he's just kind of calling out something that they shouldn't mention, if that makes sense? No, I see exactly. I understand your point and and, and maybe some of the audience felt that way, but I think uh, he is kind of, playing to that crowd a little bit saying, yes, this should be over. This should be uh, done. I, I should be, com- you know, finished with Shinsuke Nakamura, but Shinsuke's uh, in this current role is so entertaining. I love the presentation of him and the fact that he's making Cody wait. Mm-hmm. That is anticipation. Now you're saying uh, if you're one, one of these people who want this to be over with, now you're going, okay, I got to wait till next week, but now I want to see what happens next week. You're hopefully drawing them in, right? As opposed to, you know, making them go, "Oh no, no, not next week." Now you're kind of, you know, trying trying to reverse psychology, reverse strategy, so to speak. Yeah, I I like Shinsuke. I I like Cody. I just after going through the people that Cody's gone through, I just don't know if I feel like Shinsuke feels like he's as big of a threat as some of the people Cody's already beat. Uh, Justin, are you looking forward to next week or are you looking forward it to being over next week? Both. I mean, they kind of did a little reverse psychology. I mean, because later when Shinsuke does his promo and, and it says next week, you did, you could hear the San Diego crowd get upset. You know, that, 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 you know, 
presumably because they wanted it tonight for themselves. So that's a good kind of thing. Um, I want to see what happens, but I also think we have about ran its course. And, and and Shinsuke again, he's an interesting project because he has come such a lo- they've they've come such a long way in the last few months. You know, with these promos and the and the and the way they produce them, the music they have, and and the subtitles and the, and the, and the B roll video they interlace in there. So it's really helped make it's really stepped up his promo game and his ability to advance his feud via the spoken word. But then every time he gets in the ring, he loses. And this dates back prior to Cody. I mean, he, you know, he made several attempts at Seth. He lost at Seth. So it's like, and I don't see him, you know, that's why I, that's why I would have wished, that's why I wish that Nakamura would have won their bout on raw a few weeks ago. And then Cody's like, all right, I'm in the rumble, but I can't go to the rumble. I need to go to the rumble with a clear head. And I don't have a clear head until I, until I, solve my issue with Shinsuke and, and, and wanting to, so I don't know why they had Shinsuke lose that first one because again I feel like he's probably going to lose next week too I can't imagine the match closer to Rumble they're going to have Cody lose you know so I, I don't know I'm, I'm, I want to see it and, I, and I'm hoping that both stars are come out of it looking okay but I fear not for Shinsuke yeah as uh, Christopher Findlay says in the chat uh, Nakamura's performance is great it's just tough to go up against Cody and believe Shin can win um yeah, maybe that's, a, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And maybe a lot of the audience is feeling that way, saying, look, we're waiting for that story to be told. And Shinsuke is not going to be the one to end that story. Uh, but yeah, but of course, that's it. You got to wait till it happens. You never know how mm-hmm. it's going to play out, especially with some things clearly being repositioned for the next few months after today. Um, <laughs> but we, we had a tag team match, Kofi Kingston uh, and Jay Uso versus Imperium. Unfortunately, uh, the story of this is Vincey seem to have gotten hurt uh hopefully he's okay and ho- hopefully it was one of those deals where like actually i'm good you're just being precautious uh but uh jimmy on twitter uh friend of the show Cavante smalls asked uh what would you grade the ref's handling of vinci in ring mishap as he said he 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 did a great job uh, uh, sean was it sean bennett wasn't it I believe I, yeah. I believe the referee was Sean Bennett. You know, he did a, he did exactly what he needed to do. He looked after the talent. And nowadays, what people may not know is when I was there, I've, we all know that, you know, the referees were the IFB and were spoken to all the time. Now the referees can talk back. Mm-hmm. They have, they are, they are mic'd as well and can talk back to the back. And there was a point there that I th- believe I, if I could read lips correctly, uh, Sean kind of said he's not responding. And that's mm. when things went so so he did exactly the right thing in putting a stop uh, calling the doctor in, let him examine. He did everything right. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, Justin, I I still don't know exactly what happened there. I did see him in the background Vinci walking. It looked like it was with his own power in the background, so hopefully he's okay. I don't know if there's anything to really take from this i mean hopefully vinci's okay obviously is the the main point but any thoughts uh, no I, I i as well thought the same thing but jimmy would be the best judge to to, to say so but I, I agree i thought it was handled well it was he was right on top of it as soon as vinci took the bump that he did the ref immediately saw that something wasn't right or or at least was worth checking on and, and he went to check and as jimmy said it was communicating that hey we got we got a we got a situation here um and even to the point of you know vinci was trying to crawl his way to kaiser and kaiser if you go back and read kaiser's lips if, if i if we're reading lips correctly i believe kaiser was trying to say tag me let me finish the match 
like he could see it's her, but he's like, let me come in. I'll, 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 I'll get this done so we can get out of here. And as great as it is for Kaiser and, and to try to finish the match and want to give the audience a finish, um, I thought I thought it was important that they just go ahead and call the bell because you know it's clearly it looks like they were dealing with something with the head injury of Vinci, and even if you have a match still going on, that might then prohibit the doctors or medical team from being able to get to Vinci and 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 you know you don't want to waste any seconds or minutes when you're dealing with a head injury obviously, and if he's got to lay there and play dead and just stay out of the way for Kaiser to finish uh, to, to finish a match, we're you're we're, we're wasting time, and so while it is anticlimactic. And I'm sure it might, you know, put a little delay or change in storylines, especially because Imperium, these two guys are having to prove themselves to Gunther. It was the right call. And uh, when you go back and look at the spot, you know, Kovey connected with Vinci on the drop kick to the face. But I think what really was scary was that Vinci then when Vinci bumped the way his head hit up off the mat, and then then how his body reacted to it afterwards. Uh, a little bit of shock. So hopefully he is okay. But yeah, um, scary, but handled as our resident referee noted, handled would seem to be correctly yeah. yeah and despite the fact that like you know old school days the, the the guys would have probably got hot at you for for doing it but it's it's the right call it, it, yeah. you sometimes you you i hate putting it this way sometimes you just got to take the heat from the boys because you know you, you got to look after them because the head trauma especially what we know nowadays about head trauma you can't take those chances anymore and and like you said justin you know kaiser saying let me finish the match get out of here so what, what, they're going to roll him out of the ring and kind of, you know, look after yeah. him and try not to shoot him. And you know what I mean? It just, let's call it off. There's always tomorrow. There's always next week when you're, it, hopefully, like you said, he's okay to do so. In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And to, and to having the heat with the boys... You know, I mean, I'm only using AEW because it's like the last big t- on TV situation that we saw. You know, AEW had some injuries happen in that match between was Phoenix and Mox, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And the match wasn't, you know, there was there was argument. Obviously, the match wasn't handled the way it should have been with the injury. And then that referee, Rick Knox, ended up, I, I, I assume, being suspended because he was off TV and didn't ref a match for oh, well over a month. He's back now, but you know, so just that's a situation right there. It's like you know. You, do you want heat with the boys or do you want to have your job? Right. And at the same time, it's always better to err on the side of safety, especially with head injuries. But and with respect to the guys in the ring, this wasn't the main event of WrestleMania. Like 
even the story will be fine after this. Mm-hmm. It's not like it messed up something that was this big build-up moment either. You know, so safety for sure uh, in general. But like I said, the wrestling side will be fine as you know as long as he's okay. Um, we get to. <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite parts of the show, and I can't believe I've said Ms. TV uh, starts, and the guests are the Judgment Day, but only R-Truth shows up. Uh, eventually, McDonough and Dom come out, and Truth says, you're out of Judgment Day, so beat feet. And uh, this leads to a match, of course, and R-Truth is getting confused about what team he's on. Uh, and after a very entertaining match, Ms. and Truth get the win. Jimmy... Um, this this was sports entertainment man i i had a smile on my face the whole time uh what say you no i enjoyed it it was different and and it shows you know diversity especially with someone like a group like the judgment day because everybody takes them so seriously you got you know damian priest and you got the issues there with him and finn finn balor and all that sort of stuff going on but you also it also shows that they can be placed in these kind of situations and deliver and like you said, put a smile on your face. And, and a lot of that goes to truth is just too much, man. Our truth is just, a, and you know, and Miz is so versatile and so underrated with so how much he can do even now in a kind of like a baby face role, how he's excelling at that as well. This was just a fun match. And that's what it was meant to be to help further a little bit of a story, but at the same time, entertain your audience. Yeah, Max Feldman says, uh, R-Truth is comedy gold. Uh, Rocky saying, R-Truth is the most entertaining. Shano says, awesome truth reunited. Uh, and, and everyone seemed to love this bit. Uh, Justin, I want to know your thoughts uh, on, on this and the, the pure entertainment powerhouse R-Truth is. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just hit the tape. No, I mean, yeah, it was, it was goofy, but, but it was goofy, but it was like goofy, but it had it fit in the storyline. The storyline is... Truth and JD had a match a few weeks ago, loser leaves Judgment Day, and so Truth has the argument saying, "Like I beat you, why are you still hanging out with these guys?" And I'm with Judgment Day, and uh, you know, and, and Truth has a history of comedy of not knowing where he is or what match he's in or <laughs> what the stipulation. So it's goofy. If you were, if you were, um, if you did have a buddy who is a casual or dare I say first time fan watching this, you do have to give them a little explanation of like, here's why it makes sense to the regular fan. Uh, so yeah, there's that, but yeah, it was goofy, but it was entertaining. And, um, I thought it was interesting tonight how, you know, we never saw judgment day all together tonight. We got it in pieces. We got Finn and JD here tonight with this little bit. We're going to get re in a little bit. And then, you know, so it was, it was, uh, or actually JD and, uh, Dom, I said, I said JD and Finn, JD and Dom. Um, so it was interesting the way we, you know, it kind of, again, kind of furthers just subconsciously like judgment days having issues and we never saw them all together again tonight. The, um, I, I do want to say about Dom, I, I tweeted about this, but um, I, I said in a few years, we're going to look back and be blown away by the kind of reactions that Dom is getting, Jimmy. And I guess to, to extrapolate on that a little bit, what I was meaning is, I feel like sometimes you go on Twitter and people will be like, this is the greatest wrestler ever. And then someone says, actually, back in this era, it was right. crazier. I can imagine in 10 years, someone be like, this bad guy is everyone boos him louder than anyone and everyone be like, Oh, you didn't see Don Mysterio and posting videos and mm-hmm. all this. Other, like it's, it's, it's still just crazy to me that he gets the reactions he gets every single week, even in his hometown. 
Yeah, that's the other thing too. You know, usually it doesn't matter whether you're a heel or a babyface. When they announce you from the town, you're the crowd cheers. They booed as soon as he picked up the mic. As soon as he, you know what I mean? That he's just got tremendous heat. And I'm the only thing I'm afraid of is it's becoming. Oh, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. As opposed to getting that natural heat reaction. I don't want it to become that right now. It's like he, he's a heat magnet. Let's put it that way. But I don't want it to become like, okay, it's not Mysterio. We're supposed to boo. So let's boo. Like the, uh, you suck in, uh, Kurt Angle's music. Even when they like him, they still say you suck. Right. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, but, uh, cause it is kind of like that with Dom. Cause I know when I went to, the, when he was on NXT and I went, like, I was excited to get to, uh, to boo him <laughs> when he got the microphone. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be one of the people. Uh, and and I booed very loud. Uh, but Danny Cochran with a with a great question for you, Jimmy asks, uh, Jimmy, does our truth join you in the 2024 class uh, uh, Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't know if I'm going in 2024 <laughs> hot class. That's for sure. Our uh, truth, whenever he decides to uh, ha- hang up the boots, so to speak, or the sneakers, or or, or the mic. <laughs> he deserves definitely to be in the hall of fame um i like how we're speaking jimmy into the hall of fame like yeah. we're just we're just gonna make it happen one way or another. i just assume it's happening like it's a done it's it's like batista like we know it's happening we're just gotta wait for the time we just gotta wait for the the schedules line up um uh, i do have one kind of a uh a tricky question for you justin it is I mean, not tricky, but just judgment day they've got the women's champion they've got the money in the bank briefcase holder is it dangerous having this dangerous group in silly losses happening? No, because I, I think I think they've kind of they've been around long enough now to where they have enough credibility and it's not as many people in numbers, but it's um you know, look at the NWO. And I mean the and I mean like the NWO, like the first real iteration of a not, you know, obviously they you know, got crazy really towards the very end. But like you know, you had like the guys that were serious in the NWO. You had Hogan, you had Hall, you had Nash, you had like the guys you're going to protect. But then you had like the line of flunkies mm-hmm. that would take losses and that would be the first ones to be shit canned in a, in a brawl. So I think it's kind of natural for, you know, let I me mean, look at action movies. You, know, you got Hans Gruber and you got everybody else is going to take the fall before Hans does. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it. You, you have your you have your first line of defense. So no, I don't think it's a you know, problem. Um- and then last thing on it, Jimmy, what kind of administrative services do you think our truth does for uh, for judgment? Uh, I wish I could tell you, man. <laughs> administrative services. Uh, does he call to check and make sure that the cars were rented or the hotels were <laughs> booked or whatever? I don't know. Baby, or, 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 or the the refresh all the refresh refreshments made it to the, the uh, judgment day locker room. <laughs> making making sure it's only purple M&Ms in the, uh, right. in, in the baby ice taking shots at Conan Horace and Buff Bagwell. How dare you? I mean, you're not wrong, wow. but um, uh, we move on to. Um, he the, didn't even mention, he didn't, he didn't even mention Vincent, the biggest lackey of all of them. I mean, Vincent, yeah. there was the disciple. I mean, Stevie oh Ray goodness. for a while. Come on. There's a whole, there's a whole group of them. Um, but they were my favorite parts of the NWO. <laughs> in any case. They, even, they they even had different NWO music. There was the, there was the NWO music that the that the, uh, the the originals got, and then there was you then there was a different theme. NWO type looking things. That's an HWO. Sorry, that, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Justin. But uh, what is what is H, what is H for? I can't see it. Head World Order. Head World Order. Oh, it was, it was an old Al Snow thing. Oh yeah. yes. 
Um, yeah, I loved, uh, I love the, uh, I love my Scott Norton's. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that? I I think uh, if you go back and watch like, again, the, the, the core OGs of the NWO had the, that music, but then the other ones, the Bagwell, they all had this different, you know, NWO music. Uh, that so it, it, even even by music, they got distinguished as second class. <laughs> B squad, yeah. the Brian Brian Adams, they had a bunch of them. Um, so we moved to uh, the the backstage segment we alluded to earlier, where uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven go to crash the party with Carter and Chance. Uh, I want to go back to you on this one, Justin baby ice had a comment earlier and I'm bringing it back says the tag champs and Chelsea and Piper scene seems straight out of NXT. Do you think that's a fair comment? I do think it's a fair comment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it was, uh, you know, in the club and, and kind of like that. And I, again, I'm okay with uh, trying it because my thing actually with Carter chance is again, we we've said this over the, the, the recent weeks, we're seeing them in the ring every week. They have some innovative, innovative, crazy athletic, uh, offensive moves, but I still don't know much more about them. I know that they're move. I know that they apparently are like club party rave kind of themed because mm-hmm. their signature moves all have that theme that they're, they're all named around that theme. And when they come out, the girls have like the whatever gun that is that they shoot out, whatever they like. I don't know, but it, like, so I, I still was like, all right, I need to know more about like who the hell they are, what this character is. So I like putting them in, in their setting, in their element, so to speak, to have this little promo exchange. With their with with their rivals right now again versus the old fashioned my guest at this time and we do it in front of the backdrop backstage mm-hmm. so I, I thought it was uh, again uh, you know I, I and, but I baby ice is right this is something we've seen more in NXT um, so again maybe you know taking some things that they might be finding as working in NXT and and trying them on the on Raw yeah absolutely and and Jimmy uh, what are your I, I thought Piper and Chelsea kill it every time I feel I feel like they are. Um, it's like I used to say about Will Ferrell on SNL, just throw him in a skit. It'll be funny. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like these two just throw him in a scene. It'll be funny. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the tag team champ? Do you like the, the kind of club EDM vibe as for the champions or is that weird for you? What are your thoughts? Nah, I, I'm okay with it. Again, like Justin said, trying something different is okay. Only I wish they would have showed a little bit more. Let's say for example, um, you know, they, they show up at a club. There's a lineup outside. You know, you, you've been to clubs where you, there's mm-hmm. a lineup at, they, to get in and stuff like that. They walk right to the front and, you know, mm-hmm. the doorman there. Oh, ladies, you're here. Come on in. And, you know, you see everybody hot in the line, stuff like that. And have uh, have uh, the, the the former champs show up. Hey, they get stopped at the door and the door, same doorman. And no, we're with them. No, you're not with them. Get back. Get, get at the back of the line. You know, something like to create some tension, have a little fun with it too. But uh, I like the idea of trying something different. That's for sure. As opposed to that little uh, set where they have the, it looks like you're the corner of a ring. We got the turnbuckle there and the interviewer is standing there and asks the question. Then somebody comes in and interrupts it again. Very formulaic. Yeah. Uh, MDB says the Hardy boys used to be rave guys. (laughs) (laughs) There is a I can, I, that is that's true kind of um, we got a a women's championship match Ivy Nile versus Rhea Ripley and it's a good one that gets a this is awesome chant ends with a headbutt by Ripley and a Riptide champ retains um, ju- uh, ju- Jimmy are you buying Ivy Nile stock um, you know what this helped 
let's put it that way. Before going into this, there wasn't enough known about her. Yes, we're getting this. She has an MMA background, blah, blah, blah. The announcers were doing their job in trying to tell the story, but the crowd is not getting it. The live crowd, I don't think, uh, have bought into her yet. This match definitely helped elevate her stock. Let's put it that way. But at the same time, a, a little too soon for her. There, there, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot more they could have done for her going into a match against Rhea Ripley. But at the same time, didn't hurt her. But at the same time, did, I don't think it did much to elevate her status that much. I uh, Jeff Bailey says Niall is going to be a player. Max Feldman says Ivy looked great defeat. Justin, the reason I double back, I was going to ask you, but I, this is the question I want to ask you on this one. This is a spicy one for you. Um, Rhea Ripley, one of the biggest stars in, in WWE right now, I think across the board, but rarely has defended her title and kind of seems like she's doing things that aren't really even involved in the women's division would you say this has been a good championship run so far? Yeah. I mean, especially considering that she, you know, prior to this past year, we had seen her in Mania main events before. We had seen her up atop the card. It's not like she, so, you know, she had to kind of like early on in her career already re reinvent herself a little bit. Um, you know, and then that match she had with Charlotte to win the title at WrestleMania last year, night one, was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Not just one of the best women's matches, one of the best matches I've ever seen. And yeah, she's not defending it every week or necessarily even every month. But I think as we've kind of found, I mean, um, she's, you know, she's not as not as infrequent as Roman, but you know, there's like a, there's a certain traction kind of feel to it. And then, as you mentioned, she's there standing eye to eye with the boys, you know, so that kind of keeps her fresh in your mind of like, you know, she's a badass. I mean, I don't again, I don't know who can beat Rhea Ripley that I'm going to believe right now. You mm-hmm. asked me Nia Jax yeah, earlier. Right. It's not Nia Jax. Uh, yeah, you. Can, I mean, Charlotte's injured. Uh, you know, yeah, you could try to build up and heat up a Becky or a Bailey or, or one of the, the ladies that has some credibility and some history. But even then, I, I don't know. And I know people are going to say, oh, what about Jade Cargo? Maybe, but you've got to build up her presentation. You, and you got to make sure she's ready for that because you put her out there. We, you can't unsee things. She's got to be ready. I mm-hmm. don't know. I just don't know. And, and you know, Ivy Nile... Uh, I thought, you know, it was, this helped, as Jimmy said, this was, you know, she got some licks in there. She, you know, they're trying to establish her MMA background. You know, she's very small in size in terms of her height, but she is built and she looks like that she could, you know, but I also, I also think that that maybe presents a a complex to the audience of like, well, is she our underdog? Is she like, what is she? So there's work to be done with Ivy now, but I thought tonight she hung in there. She did what she had to do. Rhea gave her a little bit. But uh, this was exactly what it should be, which is Rhea's dominance continues. And I don't put it past that maybe Rhea goes in and comes out of WrestleMania still champion. Yeah. We can and have really, three champions that run the year, by the way, at WrestleMania. Yeah. But uh, Absolutely. Uh, and really, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, it's just uh, Justin brought it up. Uh, you know, the crowd. It just felt like the crowd was, as much as they were enjoying the match, weren't buying into the the chance that there was going to be a title change. And you felt it on the false finishes because usually, you know, you get that, Oh, Oh, you weren't getting it. They started to get them a little bit, but still not to the point where the crowd was going, Oh my goodness. That that was so close. You know, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. A lot of people are saying uh, a few said Jade, uh, a few, a few more said Bianca. And then uh, we've got a Rhea versus Becky as a, uh, as a pick Bianca would probably be right now the the one that you you would have to do the least amount of work to to 
you know, to, to, to build it up and make it seem like such. Um, so that, 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 I guess yeah. I have all the options. Um, but it's WWE is very good at making someone seem legit very fast when they need to also. So I'm well, sure it'll be fine once WrestleMania rolls around. If, if, if it was me, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 if Paul calls me and gives and lets me come in and gives me a pencil to, to, to put in the suggestion box, uh, my suggestion box would be this. You just had Rhea have this dominant year as the heel de facto leader in Judgment Day, and she went through and was just been facing babyface challengers, and there's nobody you have right now who's a believable bait. Here's what I would do. The crowd is chanting mommy. They are excited to see her. They, they're supposed to boo her, but they want to cheer her in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I would somewhere along the way here, before Mania, right after, have the flip happen. Have it, have it to where she all of a sudden starts to turn, and she's starting to get booked as a babyface. Don't have this big sweeping change in her personality. I don't need her kissing babies. I don't need her j- just, you know, it's just that's it's kind of like that Austin effect. He's still going to go out middle finger and, and curse, but there's maybe just, but it's basically he's just going to do it against heels now. <laughs> so, and then <laughs> yeah. that's going to give you a whole fresh roster of heels for her to work against because she's been going against babyfaces. So that's what I would do. If, if if you don't have anybody take the title off her, and the people are still vibing her, don't take the title off her. Just change the situation. Love it. Love it. Um, We have, so we have this uh, promise of a former champion uh, coming back to WWE and it was Jinder Mahal and, you know, he hates America. He says, so should you. I don't know. I quit watching after this. Seemed pretty disappointing to me. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on this segment? I'm going to let you take it away. Well, Jinder comes out. It's a nice old troll job. (laughs) To hear the... To hear the oh, I mean, as as Samantha Irvin sets up a former world champion, and everybody stands up, and the phones come out, and everything, and then the oh, when you hear him come out, you know, a great little troll job. But look, even at that point, I'm sitting there watching the screen carefully because all that's running through my head is if Triple H goes onto social media on Sunday and acknowledges internet rumors, and shout out to Fightful Select. Fightful Select were the, were the ones that actually started the the report, and I don't even like to say rumors because rumor makes it sound kind of dirty. It was a report that's proven to be true. <laughs> they went out and started the report saying, yeah, we're hearing there's going to be a former WWE champion <clears throat> that's going to show up. And then even this afternoon, they actually then said, we know not. We know Nick Khan was hanging out with The Rock in Pasadena. The Rose Bowl was there today, and you know. So if Triple H comes out on social media on Sunday and acknowledges the internet rumors and says yes, a former champion's coming, and then all night they're pushing and pumping it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, they're not going to do that just for a. Tr- they have a big bullet in the chamber, and you can't get any bigger of a bullet than The Rock. That's that was all fine and good, just him coming out and having the goosebumps and making his entrance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he went ahead and said what he said. Right. I, I will say you missed a great opportunity to say they had a bullet and it was a Brahma bullet, but I'll oh. <laughs> Steal, but, stealing my dad joke humor stuff. <laughs> Move moving it on your uh, on your territory. Yeah, uh, I will say um i i agree i love because yeah first off I, we got to give genderous flowers a little bit here like because to know that you're like hey we want you to go out there because you're just going to disappoint everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> like and to be able to own that and go out there i think you got to give him some flowers for the for what he was able to do with that but uh but jimmy obviously this was a I feel like we all we, we kind of knew. I, for me, the big giveaway was when commentary was saying it, this is everyone's disappointed. 
because mm. uh, commentary, they're not going to say everyone's disappointed. <laughs> they're going to say, yeah. this is great, no, you know, because it's their job to, to put it over. But um, Or at least the heel side of the commentary table. <laughs> <laughs> right, at least someone's going to. But I'll be, I had... So I didn't see any pictures or afterwards everyone was sharing pictures from Pasadena. So I had no idea. And I was, I thought it was, I, I literally thought Andrade is going to be the guy or something like that. Um, I, I popped big for this moment, Jimmy, when the song came on, uh, what was going through your head when you uh, were asked if you were smelling what the rock was cooking? Uh, well, I, afterwards, yes, I was smelling what the rock was cooking. And, uh, it, you know, the, like you guys said, it was a great troll job. I thought the only thing is, uh, I, I was sitting there thinking like you, Jack, I was thinking somebody's going to be coming out and doing it. Uh, my thought, believe it or not, since they were in San Diego, I thought maybe Cena, somebody mm -hmm. like that. I didn't think it would be the rock, uh, but yeah, they got me. I popped huge. Obviously, everybody in the re the arena popped huge, man. It was incredible. It was a great call. Some may argue that the whole entire scenario took a long time, Was uh, very, went heavy, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> heavy on time. But again, people were into it, it's just, especially when The Rock got into his, uh, his stuff. But uh, you, you don't rush The Rock. You don't no. cut him off. Nobody he, rushes he the rock. taking the rest of the hour if you wanted to. Like, yeah. let him go. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I actually went to Twitter. I said I popped, and then when he said the the head of the table line, I was like, I, I popped again. Mm -hmm. And I just, I got, I do got to say something to Twitter is for you people that responded, I popped with, I yawned, and I lost interest. To quote Stephen A. Smith, we don't care. We don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't care if you're, if you're saying. I don't. We don't care. No, look, look. <laughs> if if you if you didn't pop when The Rock came out, or if you don't even understand the value of what what it means to get excited about having The Rock unadvertised on your show, to also quote Stephen A. Smith, "Stay off the weed." <laughs> yes. yes. There you go. And and like you said, Jack, the huge, gigantic seed that was planted tonight that you talk. I talked earlier about you know getting that false finish, and you want people to get the gasp. That was a line that got the gas from everybody. You know, he's got, you know, he loves to go out and eat. Should he sit on the patio? Should he go to the bar? But he wants to sit at the head of the table was the line. And everybody just went, oh, we're waiting for this. Could I, I got to admit too, like I was such a dummy as he's building this up too. Cause he was like, I'm going to go out to eat. I thought he was going to make a, a the, the pie reference. I was waiting for that. And so he's like, should I sit at the booth? Should I sit at the bar? I'm like, How's he gonna bring this home? And then he said at the head, I was like, "Ah, I lost my mind." I was like, "This is, oh my god, I have no idea how this is gonna play out in the next couple of months. This is absolutely insane." What mm -hmm. they, they have, the fact that they have stars as big as like what LA Knight's doing right now, and I love LA Knight. Don't get me wrong, but to think, dude, you're like in fourth place at best at this point to to get that main event spot. It's crazy to me. Seth Rollins, like I love, I love Seth Rollins, one of my all-time favorites, dude. You're like, I, you're. There's three people I think that are ahead of you by a mile right now to to win to to go on to the big main event. It's crazy. Well, and what's great is the options that they have. Like you, of course, could just go to what you know the immediate mind is, which is Rock versus Roman on one of the nights at Mania. You could just go there. 
But then they had their biggest international show ever the month prior of Elimination Chamber in Australia, Perth, Australia. And you could have Rock and Roman there. You know, and if you do it there, let's say Roman beats Rock, right? And then Roman goes to WrestleMania, and that's where he fights Cody again. Cody earns his way there somehow via Rumble or Chamber. And if Cody can beat Roman then, well, then Cody has done something that nobody else has been able to do for three-plus years, including The Rock, which is beat Roman for a title. So that makes Cody's finishing the story all that much more. It's like there's so many, and that's just two avenues right there. There's so many more ways you could go with this. Um, So... And I know people. I know people are real hung up on like that. That because chambers in Australia, and time difference. Here's the thing, that would have mattered ten years ago, right? When WWE was still on the, we can only get money if people pick up the phone or go online and purchase the fifty dollar pay per view, mm-hmm. and we need people that are going to watch it live. It's going to happen, but that's not the business they're in anymore. They're getting. They already got their check from Peacock. Mm-hmm. They're in the business of live events, which they're already done great numbers. And, and, and any any ticket that's left to sit on a, a garbage can is going to now be sold if you have The Rock advertised. They're interested in live sales, and they're interested in buzz and the analytics and buzz. And the fact that their pay-per-view, their PLEs now are on demand, at least in the U.S., and you can watch them whenever or you can consume via social media or whatever you want. They don't care if it's on in Australia at this time and if it's on at 11 a.m. here in the States. They don't care about that. They just care that you can consume it at one point or another and that you will or that you'll consume on social or all of the above. It, it Now more than ever, they do not care in the United States if you are watching at an odd time. They proved it with Crown, with all the Saudi shows. And look, they're going to be in France. They're going to be in Germany. They're going to be doing more international shows this year, and it's going to be different times. So that now more than ever does not matter from a business standpoint. So just, just put that out there. Yeah. And look, no matter what, it could be on at the worst time ever. And it's the rock. Like it's, he's the biggest star on planet earth. It's going to be, that's yeah. incredible. Like it, it's, it's insane. And, and I, I Ty Williams, I want to say you, you, you had a, uh, a comment here earlier, but I've been saving it. He has a prediction. Randy Orton beats Roman at rumble, which would be a shock. Cody then faces Randy for that title at Mania. Roman faces The Rock, and then Seth versus Punk for that title. Uh, that's all. That's also possible. You could, you could argue Roman versus Rock does not need to have a title involved in it. You could also, mm-hmm. you know. But you know what? I feel like it'd be better with the title. But yeah. <laughs> but does that make? But, but, but Jack, if if the title's on the line, does that make it more predictable? Do you automatically go, oh, well, Rock's not winning the title and sticking around? I don't know. I thought it was pretty predictable. Cody was going to win at last WrestleMania. So I don't know. Anything could happen. Uh, what, what if this would never happen? But what if you want to make someone hated? What if Rome, uh, Rock beats Roman and then Damian Priest cashes in and takes the title off the Rock? But you know what? But you know what? If the Rock's coming back to do this, he he's he wants to help. He wants to. He's yeah. gonna want to. He's gonna want to leave it better than he came in. If if he's hearing from Hunter and everybody that that uh, that that Damian Priest is one of our guys of the future, hence why he's got a briefcase, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a far far fetched idea. No. Listen, I, I there's I, I there's just so many so like, many. I, I, this whole thing was fantastic, and also like if he's if The Rock has a match, like and you have the ability to go to that show, 
you really have to because this literally will probably be his last match or, or he, he, doesn't, he doesn't got many left you no. know uh and so <laughs> i don't know this just i was so blown made me feel great uh, i loved it and um it moves me to the next the next segment which mm. late i gotta give credit to these two or these four just the <laughs> gotta be the toughest spot in wrestling for the long time. Uh, Baszler and Stark versus Tegan Knox and Natalia. Um, I, I, Jimmy, I feel bad for that. Like what? what? Hey, yeah. The rock just returned, teased mm -hmm. a match with Roman Reigns. You're up next. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I know. It's, it's one of the toughest spots to be in. And of course, you know, they're also looking at the clock and they're going, Oh, look at the time. And we still have the main event coming up. So, you know, they figured that it's going to be rushed. It may have been rushed a little bit because I think, like I said, uh, I think the rock segment uh, with gender went a little heavy. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I give the ladies credit for putting it all out there and doing what they could. I give all the ladies tonight because they were heavily featured tonight on the show. And you, we talk about AEW having issues, not featuring their women. I think WWE did a hell of a job of featuring the, their women's division tonight. And this match helped. Yeah, I, I don't have a note written down about this match because I was so consumed with social media and with texts about The Rock. Um, but I will, but I did hear this. Yeah, they, they replay and reshow what happened. If in case you missed it, here's what The Rock just did. And then they go to Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, who very seriously go to the camera and say, he just called out the head of the table. And they look, and they look frightened as if Roman Reigns is going to jump up and stab them. They look frightened. And then we cut to <laughs> Shayna Baszler coming out and Michael Cole, I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty much like this. But Michael Cole goes, well, now if we can reset, let's get back to one of the most anticipated women's matches of the night. I was like, what? Reset for what? You're not, we're not resetting right now. I don't want to talk about this match. I want to talk about The Rock. Right. And I feel bad. Like, it's not, it has nothing. To, there could have been anybody that came out after that. And it would have, I had, but I, I actually thought it was smart in a lot of ways. And, and just like Jinder had to know that he was going to take one for the team, I think. Uh, these two tag teams knew they, I think they knew what they were getting into. It felt like a pretty quick matchup, mm -hmm. but it's also smart because if they went right into the main event, it would have had that feeling like, Oh, but I, I'm thinking about the rock right now, but this gave us a little bit of time to breathe before getting into that main event. Uh, tough spot to be in though. I don't really have any notes here. Well, well and Jack, I'll say this too. You know, th let's say, you know, um, you know, these ladies find out they, they found out six hours earlier that w w what the match was, you know, or they knew that they're gonna have a match that was advertised prior to that. Okay, so they find out where the match is gonna be on the show. A lot of times with the rock segments, they're kept very even internally, they're kept very mysterious. You know, details aren't written down about what this, you know, might the segment might have just said gender in the ring, you know, whatever, you know, but they, and oftentimes the rock's not there all damn day. He shows up and gets you know, jetted in and he shows up couple minutes before he takes so it's very possible that those ladies had no idea that it was going to be the rock for sure in front of them until it happened or until he was spotted 15 minutes earlier in the building and so you're standing in the gorilla the whole time because you're told to be there in gorilla by the time match 40 goes on and so you're just standing there watching one of the greatest of all time do this and and you're just watching the clock and you're starting you're just subtracting minutes of how much time you have in the ring and going oh gee man. thanks yeah gee thanks <laughs> <laughs> But like, but also, and there's that part of it's like, but who would I ever argue about this with? You know, like, right. come on, I don't know. It's 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 got to be that's got to be a tough spot. But good <laughs> on them. 
they came out they did a they did a great job uh again i not really many notes for it but um we move on. We get to the um, – well, we actually – I do have a, um, a a quick comment. MDB says the Rock's got three to five matches left in him, to be honest. Uh, MDB, I'm not talking about physical shape, even though he's he's over 50. I'm talking about he's got Hollywood and tequila yeah. and XFL, and he's going to run for president, I'm sure. Uh, he's, yeah, his, football he's got- league, his football league airs the week prior to Mania. Yeah, so exactly. it's it, it has nothing to do with the physical shape he's in. It's the right. uh, but to be but to be fair, as he as he revealed a few months ago on College Game Day, you know when he had that when he had the match with Cena at, in New York at, at uh, twenty nine, he got he got badly hurt. So I mean, and and he and, and nobody's gonna argue he's not in great shape, but there's a difference also between being in great great shape and looking great in movies and and doing what you do in a ring. So I mean. You hope, I mean, I hope obviously his body holds up, but I think you can never make any certainties with, you know, you can never make any certainties with what's going to happen in the ring. Yeah. Uh, Tr- Troy J, comment of the night. Tequila is why I don't have any matches lined up as well. <laughs> Great comment. That's awesome. We get to the main event here. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. It's a banger. These two guys, they know what they're doing. Um, eventually priest comes out, takes out, uh, Rollins. Then he gets taken out. Drew almost gets the win, but Rollins foots on the rope pedigree stomp. Seth Rollins retains, uh, Mm -hmm. Justin, it sounded like priest cashed in. And then it sounded like they said he didn't cash in. Well, no, he, it's never official cash in until at least traditionally until the ring announcer announces happening. And then the bell rings. That neither of those two things happened. We got as far as the referee that they brought out, the priest brought out, and the briefcase being handed off, but that's not a, an official cash-in. So, again, close, but didn't happen. Uh, so it looks like, do you think we're getting Drew versus uh, Judgment Day now? Because he's angry. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of worn, and I feel like Judgment Day again. I feel like the the, the time bomb is ticking on them. Um, I don't know what's next for Drew. I'm I'm, I'm really not sure. Well, I'm going to double back to you because we got a super, not super, a regular chat from my email, not my email, but that's their name. Uh, my email, been super patient, been here all day. Justin, do you think Drew is leaving? Uh, it, it's look, it's possible. We, we keep hearing, and I think it, I think he's even said his contract is up here in 2024, the first quarter of it. You know, WWE seems to be in the mode of they're trying to retain a lot of the talent, especially top talent, and I consider Drew a top talent. You know. Um, and I, and I think they value him. And I think for all, all that I know that he's, he's well liked there. So I think that they're going to make a best effort to retain him, but you know, I, you know, at this point in his career, he's going to want it to be worthwhile. And he's just, he's had, you know, he's, he's had how many times in the last year and a half where he, you know, he hasn't been able to get the title back and he's fell short. I don't know. I don't know what else creatively there's to do. So I think they're going to try, but Drew's also a guy that if he doesn't resign with them, you know, again, he could go do an independent tour again, like he did in the past, and and he and he would do well for himself. And and I mean, and, you know, AEW is always an option because they have money. But you know, you're in a crowded sandbox there. Mm-hmm. Impact looks like they are they're, TNA. Excuse me, TNA looks like they are really loading up for 2024 to make a, a resurgence with their brand. You know, so I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I think WWE's going to make a true play for him, but that doesn't mean that necessarily they're going to get right. him. Well, again, what I love about there being so many options, independent AEW impact or 
TNA. That's good. God, it's hard to change the impact. Now it's hard to change the TNA. Uh, yeah. But um, again, it, it gives, it gives the wrestlers options, you know, it gives Drew options. So he can hopefully do something he's happy with, but. Uh, exactly, which is good for the business overall. And that's what mm -hmm. it is. It's all about the business. Like, yeah, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, these guys are putting over W. They're the number one company right now. Yeah. You know, there's and no, a hot there's streak. no and, and they are on a hot streak. There's no disputing that. AEW is doing well. We would like them to do better. Uh, obviously, TNA is looking to do better. They're looking to uh, improve their status. Let's put it that way. They're, they're a great company that people are not. Uh, I wish more people would get into. You know, mm -hmm. the, the kind of unsung heroes. Yeah. But with wrestlers having more options, it's good for the business overall. And then you get a name, like a recognizable name, like a Drew McIntyre or something, somebody like that, it can only help wherever yeah. he goes if it's outside of WWE. Yep. I, I always say, you know, you look at WWE is on a hot streak right now. Um, and I say this not as a put down to them, but I say this as a tribute to a lot of companies being good is, we wouldn't have this Cody if it wasn't for AEW. I don't think we'd have CM Punk in WWE if it wasn't for AEW. I don't think LA Knight would be there if it wasn't for NWA. I don't think, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who were able to do things because of these other options that were able to get them where they are. Or Drew, when he did the Indies for a while again. So all this stuff is great because it gives people a chance to do well. And right now, WWE's bought the right stock. As I always like, they just invested very well and they got a lot of... They got crazy talent right now. It's insane. And, and the one thing I will say is not only do these guys have a banger of a match, like you said, but I, I, I love the creative twist they did at the end with the teasing of the cash. And it was uh, not something I don't recall. Unless you guys can correct me. I don't recall seeing something similar to that. Uh, well, we have seen some attempted cash-ins being thwarted, but this one was done handled in a way that actually was, was kind of cool. It kind of, you know, worked in reverse. He thought he he had the opportunity and it was taken away. So, uh, you know. Yeah, so we'll have to see when he cashes in. That's going to be mm -hmm. very interesting. This was a fantastic episode. I mean, so far, I would say every show this year has been knocked completely out of the park by WWE. Um, so as we go around, everyone in the chat, let me know your thoughts uh, overall on the show. Uh, but also as we go around the horn here, Justin Labar, overall thoughts on this episode or this event? And uh, where can we find you online? We know 2024 is set up to be one of the most important years in WWE's history, given the state of the roster, given the state of the, the media. We're still waiting to find out the new home for Monday Night Raw come the fall. They started this 2024 off with their first night of Raw on par with the expectation of what this year is going to mean. They're coming off of the biggest year in WWE history as Triple H touted, highest social media views ever, highest sponsorship revenue ever, highest grossing ticket sales ever, highest premium live event viewership, highest merchandise revenue. And now, potentially based upon the pieces that are in play now and confirmed by old Dwayne Johnson, they could be setting themselves up in the history of 40 years of this mega show to have the greatest WrestleMania ever. Creatively, that's always subjective. But mm -hmm. on but on statistics and money, they might be set. We might be getting ready to witness the greatest and biggest, most successful WrestleMania ever, and that's that's like saying, "Oh, that this was the most successful Super Bowl ever." <laughs> Man, it's, it's a right. huge, huge, huge deal. Can well, you, now that they have Taylor Swift, they might have the biggest Super Bowl ever. To see, and really, really quick, not to, to cut you off before you get to your plugs there, Justin. 
imagine that almost like a recreational recre, recreated moment from WrestleMania 18 with the rock mm -hmm. and Hogan standing in the ring. Can you picture WrestleMania 40, the head of the table and the rock standing across from each other, staring at each other and that crowd going absolutely mm -hmm. banana. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they have so many, like so much family they can bring in. Oh, it's going to be insane. But well, and it's, in, and, it's, and it's in Philly. And the Rock and his family—they lived outside of for. You know, they, I mean, they, he lived there for a good bit of while. The Samoans have a great deal of history in Central and in, in Eastern Pennsylvania. So, if if we want to get geographic, there's tons of things they can pull from there. It's it's beautiful. Where where can we find you, Justin? At Justin the Bar across uh, the socials on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. More and more uh exclusive videos going there uh and of course aside from here on wrestling inc i am on busted open radio every single week channel 156 on sirius xm every friday morning with david garcia and thunder rosa it's spar with labar and then sunday for the 9 a.m to noon three hours i got the entire show every sunday myself uh and jonathan hood hosting busted open and sunday's a great show now because all these ple's are on saturday or pay-per-views even if it's AEW on saturday and kevin dunn's news broke saturday I mean, so like there's so much happening now that Sunday we really get to catch all the entire week that was, and it's making for a very exciting show. So check it out. Uh, Channel 156 if you want to listen live, or the SiriusXM app if you want to listen live, or you can get a condensed 40-minute version via podcast. Um, so, yeah, check it out. I definitely check those out. Uh, by the way, Ty Williams, thanks for joining us. First-time uh, listener. Appreciate you. Make sure to come back. Uh, Thank you, Ty. Yes. And we also got uh, Shanos, by the way, saying all this excitement, and we forget we still have Brock Lesnar somewhere. I like how you say somewhere like he's Bigfoot roaming the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we can't find – no one knows where to locate him, <laughs> and he's going to jump out at some point. Brock, uh, Brock versus Gunther. Brock versus Gunther. Uh, oh, my God. There are so many matches. It's incredible. It's, it's like I'm playing universe mode in a video game right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, what were your thoughts on the show? Where can the world find you online? Well, you guys, we, we pretty much covered it. it, it day, you know, Raw Day 1. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty much now uh, going forward. Follow that, guys. It, it was a great start to the year and a lot of options, a lot of doors open, a lot of seeds planted, as we said, uh, making me look forward to what's to come and how they could get me even more invested. I'm invested already. Now let's see if they can really draw me in. And and tonight was uh, a good first step in doing that. And as far as where you can find me, obviously here uh, on Monday nights with Triple J. Uh, Wednesday nights we uh, with, with Justin and uh, Issa where we cover uh, AEW Dynamite. You can catch the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in Stripes and I, Brian Hebner, uh, and RJ holding the glue together where we uh, – you know, ha have a little fun, talk about the week in wrestling and sometimes have some uh, guests as well. And uh, my riff and rant has taken a little bit of a hiatus. I'm giving everybody a break, but it's coming back very soon. And I'm going to try and kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm going to do, you know, my critiques, which again, are not meant to tear down, but to help tighten screws that need to be tightened. But I'm also going to do a couple of rants on some positive things and why they were positive. I'm going to try and mix it up a little bit. 
Very cool. I think it's always those are always fun to listen to and, and see things from the ref's perspective. It's always always educational and entertaining. Um, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Um, I'm going to be on commentary for Santino Brothers Tag Wars. We're going to declare our first tag team champions in a one night tournament. It's on Fight TV and it's on Wednesday. If you want to check that out, um, thanks for everyone who joined us. Bernie MDB, Goodfella, Fernando, Max, Philip. We got. MJF, Mark, Droy, Jay, everyone else. A great crew tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming through. Make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. for all your wrestling news, but also tune into NXT's after show tomorrow right here on Wrestling Inc. Because, look, if we think the roster's good now, the ones coming up are also good. WWE, an embarrassment of riches, I always say. Thanks for watching, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.